Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning and happy Tuesday. It's the 21st of April, and I'm here again with Travis Brujink uh, to pick up where we left off yesterday and read today's uh, psalm, which is Psalm 116, and it's various verses. It's like verse 1 through 4, and then 12 through 19, right? 12 through 19, yep. Um, So we're going to read those in just a second. First, uh, Travis, you are... uh, You've been at Victory Point for how long? Oh, probably 2002. Um, okay, my so wife, 18 years. Yeah, my wife and I started going there um, as we were searching for a church family. Um, actually, before we got married, just just trying to find um, a, a family that we would that we would grow into um, uh-huh. that would be um, part of our own uh, expression of our faith walk. So, yeah. And how is your, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, go to a church, quote unquote, but it's another thing to grow in discipleship, to grow in your sense of mission and calling. How have those Mm -hmm. things kind of changed over the last 18 years? You know, I I think we've been along with the journey that uh, Victory Point's been on. um, And Victory Point um, is, you know, obviously, changed quite a bit as to um, how they've um, really followed God over over the course of those years. Uh, I would say more more recently, some of the, um, I guess, really pushing into um, the discipleship culture, uh, 3DM, and um, how we're going to follow God, how we're going to let that impact our lives has been um, a really exciting time for us and something we've talked about at home is just we it's something we didn't expect when we started going to victory point 2000 2002 um, and it's just fun to see where where god's journey has led us and um, the people and the just the the deep relationships that exist as well as the um, the, the depth of, of discipleship and new opportunities being called into as, as Victory Point travels kind of a, a different path than what we had previously. Yeah. You, you are an elder at Victory yes. Point. Yep. yep. Currently anyway, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're an elder and uh, you uh, play bass and guitar and sing. I do. Um, you were part of a missional community um, mm-hmm. which you stepped away from in order to do uh, enter into a season of discernment yes. of what that's going to look like for your family. Um, and you guys are kind of in the midst of asking some of those questions. What does it look like for us to be on mission as a family with others? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, Rachel and I are in a similar phase right now, just into some, some discernment. And it's um, it's good to know, and it's not even good to know, it's it is good to know, but it's also almost essential right now for us that we're part of a church that sees us as sent people, mm-hmm. not just as people who are, um, who come and are, you know, come to worship um, at Victory Point building, 
but that we're part of a community that um, that sees us as sent people, that Rachel and I are blessed and encouraged to discern how will we live this out in our own lives and with people who may not even go to, go to, in quotes, victory point, mm-hmm. um, but with whom we feel called on mission. Um, so that's been really essential for us as being a part of a church that sees us as sent people um, and it's given us not only freedom, but also really ne- necessary um, support and encouragement in that journey. Um, because if this doesn't hit the ground uh, in my own life, it's it's all hypocrisy, you know, for me. Like, if it doesn't actually hit the ground where I'm I'm incarnating something of God in my own life and family, then it's uh, kind of meaningless. So I love that I get to be part of a church family that's that believes um, in God's mission that trusts and empowers me to to be um, figuring this out in my own life. And I feel like that's maybe the same for you guys in this stage too. Yeah, I, I really enjoy um, uh, just the, the expressions of MC as well as small groups and just um, as well as VPs, leaderships, um, flexibility and, and really just humility as we walk this path too to say there is you know there's one way of following christ and we're trying to figure that out to do the best we can with it um but as to say there's going to be one particular vehicle that's going to be successful or that's the thing that that's going to be the um the thing that we're going to focus on that um that hasn't really occurred and it's been fun to see how these groups how mcs morph and change and um, how new ones spring up, how there's flexibility for other ones to um, dissolve to, to, to have freedom to grow into new expressions. And um, I, I see some real health and vitality in that. It really excites me of, of what, um, not only what is, what has been, but even more so what, what can be and what could be. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Especially during this time right now where everything is like disrupted. Yeah. Our our typical Sunday morning vehicle of gathering together in person is being dismantled right now. It has been dismantled for now. Yeah. Um, and what a gift of grace that that's not the thing that we rest our hope on or our, yeah. our, even our vision is not rested upon us gathering in person. Um, and so our vision continues to thrive as people are scattered right now and figuring out how to continue to be the church without a centralized gathering. So I'm yeah. hopeful with that. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Well, I would love to actually talk about that for like another hour or so, but <laughs> let's, let's open up the word right now. And I'm going to read Psalm 116 verses one through four and then 12 through 19. And then we'll reflect on it. All right. Sounds good. Here we we go. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. 
Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. So Travis, as I read that out, what's one thing that is just grabbing your attention? I really like um, this is similar to other psalms and maybe the things that uh, the reasons why a lot of times people run to psalms for comfort um, it, it just it really just goes into that with every verse just just talking about um, calling on waiting on the Lord um, looking to the Lord for um, for basically all all the needs and and looking for comfort um, and also telling of that uh, of God's goodness as um, you know just just talking about um, um, you know precious in this precious in the sight of the Lord um, it's talking about death but even that is is still a comfort um, so I really like that piece um, the one thing that kind of tripped me up in this whole thing was uh, especially when I read it before and even still now is just uh, verse 16 where it talks about the child of your serving serving girl, mm-hmm. um, which I had to do a little bit of digging to try to wrap my head around what, what that was supposed to mean. So what you, you did a little bit of digging on that. what you, uh, did you find anything? Um, it, it, it started to come into a uh, maid servant and almost like a, uh, a maternal, um, that sort of thing, like, like almost, um, I'm your servant child of your, uh, of your mother or, or something to that effect, which didn't completely answer it for me. Um, <laughs> but, um, as, as you kind of look at it as maternal overtones, then it's kind of like, okay, um, you do, um, you do kind of see it's, you know, God being in that protector, carer, comforter mode. Uh-huh. Um, and that sort of at least gave me a little bit of a foothold of, okay, I think I can move yeah. on from this verse. Yeah. You know what? I think it's really important to pay attention to those parts. I'm glad you brought this up because um, I, I think it's important to pay attention to the, the parts of scripture that we feel uncomfortable with and not just go, I'm just going to skip over that part, you know, um, and just pay attention to like, Oh, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me. I'm going to, learn more about that or whatever. Um, and that's same thing with me. Like, why does that fit in there? I, I have a couple of thoughts just off the top of my head. Uh, I have no idea if these are right or whatever, but this is just what comes to my mind is, um, it's like, I'm not only your servant, I'm the child of your servant. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm even farther removed than even being your servant. And yet you lose my bonds, you know, mm. like, um, you you've still rescued me even though i'm so low the other thing i think of is um ishmael and um am i thinking of ishmael? yeah um, you're right child of your serving girl uh so for abraham uh you've got his blood his child of his own blood you know isaac and then ishmael the child of his servant girl and god you know rescues his life 
even hmm. though when he's cast out in the middle of the desert, um, God um, preserves his life, even though he, he didn't have any reason to. So I, I wonder if the psalmist is saying, I'm kind of like Ishmael here. I, I feel like I have, um, I have been cast out to the, uh, into the realm of death, like Sheol, snares of death have encompassed me. I was mm-hmm. destined for death and you rescued me and brought me back into the household of God, even mm-hmm. though I didn't deserve it. So I, like that. I, I don't know. I was, I was thinking about that. I have no idea if that resonates with like maybe a more in-depth read of the psalm, but that's what, where my mind goes immediately. I like that. That's, uh, I, I like that interpretation. Well, in the, in a big picture. So what, one of the things I like to do with these scriptures of the week is to read them over top of each other. And I feel like if you were to lay this over the top of the passage we read yesterday for Acts 2, um, it says so much to the person who is hearing Peter's words and being cut to the heart. You know, I, the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I suffered distress and anguish, realizing what I had done to Jesus, realizing that I had killed Jesus. That it was for my sake that Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, pray, save my life. What shall we do? You know, what shall we do to be saved? Yeah. And what shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? Same, same question. What, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yes. It's and the same it says, expression. And then it says, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And, the, yep. and so, and then precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. Imagine baptism as a dying of some yes. sort. I'm dying. Um, I'm going to my death. I'm dying to self. I'm dying to my flesh in order to be raised back to life. You have loosed my bonds. So coming back out of the baptism waters, being loosing my bonds. Um, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people in the courts of your house, Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. They, Peter was talking at the temple in Jerusalem when he was preaching. And there were all these, um, there were, I forget how many, but the temple is arranged so that you've got all these baptismal fonts on your way mm-hmm. into the temple. Well, these people are already in and Peter is saying, go use those baptismal fonts to make your vows to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, they are in the, in the courts of the house of the Lord. Um, in, in Jerusalem. And so I see this Psalm almost as a prophecy of Pentecost of the salvation everyone experiences on Pentecost and that we're all called to experience too, like to say, Oh Lord, pray, save my life. Like may, may I be brought to the depths of Sheol and raised back to life in Jesus through my baptism, you know? So, um, I was baptized as uh, a kid, as an infant. Um, and, although I don't directly remember it, I can kind of every day I can say, God, thank you for my baptism. Thank you that I was, I was um, crucified with Christ and I was raised again. Um, and in that way I can relive it, um, especially through a Psalm like this to say, all right, like precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of your faithful ones. Um, like it's so precious to God to see that, our flesh has been crucified and that we've been raised back to life. You can see as you layer that um, just um, verse 40 from yesterday was talking about where um, Peter used other arguments and exhorted them saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Um, Just the, you know, talking about the pangs of death, the snares of death encompassed me. Um, Just saying that, you know, 
prior to being rescued by um, by Jesus were 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 um, indebted to sin. We're indebted to um, all these things. We're are, we're corrupt on our own. The generation is corrupt, but we're corrupt as well. Um, and then looking at this and um, seeing seeing it in that light, I think is is kind of a again another really uh, interesting parallel as too as you look at these um, the covenants between an old the old covenant and new covenant um, mm-hmm. the old covenant was you know still looking to looking to God but Christ wasn't um, wasn't on the scene as it relates to the new covenant um, and now um, as you look compare layer these two together it's fun to see that uh, you know Christ is the is really the the means of, um, Oh Lord, I pray to save my life. That's, you know, that's the repent. That's the, Mm -hmm. um, believing in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The, what sounds like what you're saying there is like the cutting to the heart that people experience are the snares of death, realizing Mm -hmm. that I'm trapped. Yep. I I've been snared by death and I need someone to save me that I, I, I can't get out of this alone. Yeah. Um, oh Lord, pray, save my life. And so we turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, free us, you know, yeah. loose us from, from our bonds. Like Paul says, I think in, you know, like in various places, but I think in Romans or like where he's talking about, um, you know, the law, you know, setting us a, a trap for us uh, that we, we can't please God according to the law. Like it's impossible. And it's the, but praise God, he's, he's freed us from the law. Yeah. And so um see that happening here too. Cool. Thanks for engaging that with me, Travis. Um, appreciate our conversation around this passage. Tomorrow we're going to uh, pick back up with um, a different passage. Um, our passage for tomorrow is going to be 1 Peter 1, 17 through 23, and we'll see if any of these themes emerge from there as well. So thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Mm